Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 159 of the No Podcast. We are No Outside Food or Drink, the Southeast premiere one and only uh, video game, and I guess become uh, anime, and for the next few months, playoff basketball podcast. Yes, playoff basketball. Uh, playoff basketball. Cesar, uh, I know you see me repping, so yes, I'm right there with it. Uh, this week, we've got your details on the E3 2021 online portal and app. Xbox is testing new chat options. What could that be? What Rockstar game do you guys think is coming to PS5 and Xbox Series systems? Give you five mm. guesses. And you can only go back to PlayStation 3 as far as your guesses. Uh, DualSense controllers get two new colors. Surprised we haven't talked about this. Nintendo Online adds more games to its catalog, does it? Uh, late May Game Pass games. Zelda Amiibo Gates important feature. And Time Splitters is officially coming back. I'm Richard Bergman, joined tonight by Millennial Brent McKee. Millennial. And geriatric Millennial <laughs> Cesar Concepcion the second. Hello. <laughs> oh, did you guys see these new titles? <laughs> Brent, I'm, I'm guessing you didn't see them. No. Oh, so they've classified uh, geriatric millennials as 1980 to 1985. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know what the fuck that means. So. Uh, you bridge the gap. So you are, you are a millennial. So some millennials have, like, they have more of the digital side of the internet age, and the the geriatric millennials, as they're called, <laughs> they remember a a pure analog existence, unlike the traditional millennials. And then you have I, I can't remember, remember the analog. Name. Huh? I remember analog. I remember uh, no internet. I remember a, a little bit of computer with, you know, black yeah, screen and bl- uh, green lettering. And then it's still oh, vague. Cause it, I mean, yeah. it said 80 to 85 and I'm late 86 and I consider myself one of these geriatric millennials too. So I'm just, I'm just a fucking 56 K modem. Is that all it is? I'm just converting analog <laughs> to digital. Is that what we're You're before that? You're yeah. before that. I'm before that. I'm using, um, one of those uh, rotary phones with the numbers. rotary, rotary, yeah. I like rotary, rotary. like, like rotary. rotary beads. Yeah, yep. let's go. <laughs> rotary phones and rotary beads. I remember a day when I played Silent Hill One on a CD-ROM. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Is this, am I doing it right? Yeah, I was thinking the other day about you know you pop the disc in and it it downloads all the data and it's not like you know we think about preservation and saving our consoles but it's not like sitting there streaming the data off the disc like playing crash bandicoot or silent hill or something yeah. like that you know slowly destroying your laser as it reads every day yeah and wow. them things lasted forever to be honest they were built like well that first playstation remember had like the plastic uh cd laser slider who thought that was a good idea cost yeah that too that's all but, it is and until you realize it broke and then you're like oh we can't sell this yeah, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it get hot and the plastic would warp, and then that would keep it from doing it? Now, why would it? Why would they have to flip the PlayStation upside down? Because I never had one that had to do that. Do you remember yeah. what caused that? Something to do with that assembly too, probably. Uh, some kind of heat buildup or something like that. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, something caused it, and what made it flipping it over? What what made it run properly that way? Something uh, with the, it was something with yeah. the venting on the bottom. How it dissipate the air and all that shit. So, yeah. or stuff. Excuse me. I didn't research this. We just uh, this is off the cup. Cuff as it usually is. I look. I saw Brent's cup. I said off the cup. 
This is off the cup. <laughs> off the cup. Straight from it. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Y'all ready to jump into news? Let's do it. Details on E3 2021. We already knew it was not going to be a big uh, physical presence. And this comes from Gramatsu and Sal Romano. There's a baseball Sal Romano player. I just saw him the other day. There was on the like a transaction wire, and I saw Sal Romano. I was like, hey, he's going back to AAA. He's not in the bigs anymore. There we go. Uh, so minor league baseball player Sal Romano reports uh, the ESA have announced the first details on E3 2021 online portal and app. The portal and app will act as a hub for the show featuring virtual booths, hosted events, video conferencing, profiles and avatars, forums and more avatars. Media access will open on June 7th, followed by public access on June 12th. Registration is free and begins later in May. The public version, because this is the important part of the online portal, will include exhibitor booths featuring special events, video on-demand content, and articles. Exhibitor booths will act as hubs within the portal for key announcements and game information tied to each exhibitor. What the fuck is that? It's like a Citrix storefront. Uh, Lounges, online gathering spots for all E3 attendees. Uh, Do not sit on my couch. (laughs) Forums, special boards for focused online discussion and sharing among attendees. Because I can't see that going bad. Because yeah, Reset Era and Twitter aren't already uh, those. <laughs> that's also the couch. That's the lounge. Uh, leaderboards, gamified show elements that can be collected and displayed, encouraging fans to interact in as, in as many ways as possible. What was the uh, what's the term they always use? It's not engagement. It's um, shit. I can't think of it now. Crap. So, before, what? Going, before we go any further, I encourage you to read the first comment. That's what made me laugh. I will get to that first after this. Comment. Profile creation. All attendees can create their own unique profiles within the portal and app, which can be customized. Uh, the first comment says, and I quote, can't wait to be disappointed for another year. That comes from Limbless. Seven years ago. <laughs> Thank you, Limbless. Uh, someone actually, four comments or three comments down from that says, heck yeah, I'll give my data to the ESA. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) They are actually reading between the lines. Uh, That is a good point that they're making there. What is that? That's not engagements. What is that? It's like when they do uh, like, so if you had, we used to have the um, not Rockstar, not Monster. We have the Red Bull people. They would come out for like game launches. I think they were there for the 360 launch for us. But there's a term for those, and it's escaping me. Some retail media bullshit. Um, I get why they're doing this. Does anybody is anybody excited by this? Are we gonna get our news in from the usual places and not go through all this hoopla? Yeah, I'll probably Tell just watch a typical stream or something or. Uh, do you think they're going to force us to go through this, or do you think they're going to be on YouTube and all no, the places? They'll be everywhere else. I, I would think they'd have to be. Um, unless they offer some really exclusive looks or, you know, in, unless right. like unless that like virtual booth thing is actually really groundbreaking and you can actually visit these different booths and there's right. something interactive to do and it's worth it um, I, j- I can't see myself downloading the app or i mean it's it's a it's an interesting concept but i just i don't know if i'll go through all that i think i just want to watch it do you think a publisher because like my most anticipated title going in probably through the rest of the year is going to be halo infinite do you think a microsoft or a 343 is going to lock uh an exclusive look at halo infinite or maybe a demo or something like that behind 
this ESA app or inside that virtual booth or anything? Do you think anybody goes to the extent of of gating content that way outside of how people are used to doing it? Do they have to justify the fee? Because you have to pay a fee to the ESA to exhibit at E3, right? And it's usually it's usually for floor space. It's usually for these big booths and lights and security and everything else that you have to pay for at these locations and they're not doing that anymore so where do they where do they make that up from from people paying their dues and fees and all that you know where do you think that comes from and do you think a publisher locks something like that behind it don't know man maybe you should uh make a game and then try to get on e3 and you, you tell us uh we have what two weeks it's not <laughs> hard game making uh, stuff have you seen the, the- <laughs> Have you seen the Bible games on PS4? Uh, those are literally sick people running and playing football, and they sell them for a dollar. Okay, can we do that? I don't think I've seen those. <laughs> they're a dollar, and they're pretty funny, man. You bought one? Uh, I have not. I've watched the video, but I have not uh, ventured yet to purchase, even though the uh, most people have been buying them for easy platinums. I'm like, this is weird. It's a but Bible it... football game? Can you please elaborate on this? <laughs> it's a... Um, it is a black background with a white stick figure as he runs across a 2D playing field and he hurdles over people like Bo Jackson as they try to tackle him with a said football in stick person form. Well, Bo Jackson was biblical, so that's fair, I guess. <laughs> is it like New Testament versus Old Testament teams? Like you have it's, different it's players? All and... Testament teams. All Testaments. Yeah. Total Testament. <laughs> total testament total testament total football. testament football yeah ttf <laughs> ttf ttf uh 2021 oh lord <laughs> i'm not playing that i'm not playing that it's only a roster update from last year I what did they add roster updates they added the prayer stick instead of the truck stick. <laughs> nope we're not going there i'm not going to <laughs> borderline almost named somebody biblical and i'm like oh. no nope, stop myself go ahead go ahead nope, absolutely not nope i'm not burning Abraham and your sacrifice stick. Nope. <laughs> Father Abraham. Total Testament, Testament football. football. All right, E3. Uh, the media part is June 7th, it said, and public access is June 12th. But Like a PBS public access? Yes, it's going to be on that. It's going to be on Channel 8. Will they, uh, will they go on there and ask me for uh, donations to fund further E3? Yes, yes. there's going to be a telethon for E3 for next year. Where are they, we can't uh, put it on without you. Where they suck you at the end, we're like, hey, here's some Motown stuff, and they're all singing live. I'm like, hey, I can get behind this. That's how they sucker you in. That's how they sucker me in every time. I mean, they're not sucker me in as a good cause, but that's how I usually send, end up staying on the channel. Right, but you'll get, a, and you get a Motown CD. You just paid for ah, a Motown year. Live. Every time they were on PBS, Motown? It was good. Those are always those are always bang up compilations too. Mm-hmm. Like there's no sleepers on that CD at all. So many hits, man. Yep. All right, so we'll find out what this is like coming up. Uh, we've also got it's not in the news, but uh, Jeff Keeley kind of outlined his Keeley Fest. Yeah, and we the got Keeleys the Jeff is coming up before, like right before the E3 event, and so literally it's going to be. Four or five days packed with a lot of information, I'm sure. So correct me if I'm wrong. Last year, obviously, was a was a digital E3. Didn't Keeley pick up most of that production and announcements and everything? I but believe so. Did, did, did E3 go on last year? I thought they canceled it. 
no, there were still like announcements here and it wasn't. The yeah, I don't think it, it. Yeah, it wasn't. I think it was like through IGN or something like that. It was like the Summer Games or something like that. And it was yeah, like a bunch of it wasn't an official website. E3. And that was a Keeley. That was a Keeley sponsored thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because I think they ended up canceling E3. Because remember, they were like, "We're gonna go live," and everybody's like, "Yeah, we're not going." I'm interested to see what Keeley's thing is this week before, and then what there's gonna be left afterwards. Is it just gonna be this engagement thing? Maybe that's maybe we're reading too much into it, and they're just they're outlining that, like, "Hey, all the big announcements and all that are gonna be the week before during the summer fest, and then the week after is gonna be this vendor thing and demos and a couple announcements sprinkled in there." Well, that's the thing with the Keeleys too. Is like there was a lot of big names. I think mm-hmm. I, I saw EA, Two K, even Microsoft and Sony are going to be. I don't think the, the only people that really was absent from the list was Nintendo. But right. I mean, they. I mean, I guess they could even drop a trailer or something for that or something. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's going to be their big game? Beastie Boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> music podcast um what's gonna be their, what's nintendo's big thing yeah i mean there's rumblings about a new um donkey kong game but there's also something oh, the, the 3d one the yeah 2D one the 2d wanted. there's <laughs> also there's also uh it, yeah it was 2d or 2.5 there also is kind of rumors about a um 2d metroid kind of floating around for switch so i mean metroid dread I I think that you know this year is is 30th anniversary of Metroid, as well as as Zelda. Um, is it 30 or 35? Or is 30, yes 35 for Metroid and Zelda. 35 for Metroid and Zelda. Sorry, excuse me. Because I'm, I'm 35. It's, yeah. It tracks. It's gonna track for yeah. the rest of my life. We're already celebrating Zelda with our 35th anniversary amiibo. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought but, it was 25 since it's 25 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> they should up the price of 10 dollars. Somebody send them a memo. Like, hey, Numbers guys, are confusing. No, um, but I, I, I feel like they have to show something um, to honor both of those titles. I mean, which means they won't. <laughs> there's Metroid, really? Honor yeah. Metroid? Come on, it's like like them honoring Earthbound. There's still. Some, <laughs> there's st- <laughs> Oh, oh no! That freaking translated Earthbound Zeros trapped yeah. on Wii Virtual Console. But there's there's still like controversy as to whether we'll even see Breath of the Wild two this year. Like it, there's people thinking it could be pushed back, and I honestly I highly doubt that we see Metroid Prime four, considering that yeah, they just rebooted it. They like they it. yeah, it was. Was it early last year? Yeah, it might have been late at 2019 where they just, yeah, kind of had to go back through and re- redo. So, And then even outside of that normal cycle, you have pandemic development cycles. So that that's yeah. even more of an extension. Let, let, let's be honest. I mean, if they are coming out with that new hardware, it, those games are coming out with new hardware. So, yeah, those would be the ones to showcase it. We'll get more ports and, um, you know, triple A from last generation then generation before type ports one of them just showed up what was that uh nino kuni dos yeah the um, the kingdom whatever it's called princess story or something tiny prince kingdom sure tiny prince let's go something. with that Poly- tiny Poly- rolling prince micro machines tiny artist formerly known as prince <laughs> uh that's your e3 update for the week i'm sure we'll be talking about that shit for a while Hopefully. Hopefully there's stuff to talk about. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, co- this comes from The Verge. Xbox is testing accessible chat options like transcription and speech synthesis. It's available to insiders now. Microsoft has announced new text-to-speech and speech-to-text features for Xbox Party Chat, which aim to help make communication on the platform more accessible. The features are currently being tested through the Xbox Insider program. This is awesome. You just go, if you're an Xbox Insider, you just go to Settings, Ease of Access, Game, and Chat Transcription, or by going to Options, Ease of Access Settings while in a chat. And The Verge puts a screenshot up there on Minecraft where it's got the chat broken down in... uh, you know, a readable format. So that is awesome. They've done a great job of of pushing that stuff forward. Wasn't there a big, I don't see it in our news, wasn't there a big Sony thing where they announced an accessibility thing too? Uh, it was uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank is going to have what? I think it's important to focus on this accessibility. We're going to have to pull up a list because it was a deep list. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's not, it's not a small thing. It was a, it was a whole honking list of stuff they added to it is it almost like uh last of us 2 last year where they had all sorts of of options for people um it was similar i think it was similar to like control where uh if they even made it easier to play the game that way you're not hunkered down with difficulty uh like it, it breaks it down where you're clean let me see if i can find it real quick i was looking at the said article uh, I just don't do news anymore because I'm a bastard. So <laughs> I, I could at least put a button in there. I and I, guys. And I do do new. I do the news, but I saw something about Dude, Ratchet. News. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I saw something about Ratchet and Clank more about, you know, the tool. And I was like, uh, you guys already have my money. I'm buying this. And then it was later that I heard. I'm like, oh, they had it. So uh, I just forgot one. to put it in. From IGN, basically, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart accessibility features, gameplay difficulty. They got Rookie Recruit, perfect for beginners. Rebel Agent, balanced choice for more experienced players. Resistant le- uh, resistance Leader for those who seek a greater challenge. Renegade Legend for those who wish to battle the most brutal foes. foes. You can disable tutorials, disable all tutorials. Mm. Uh, combat toggles and assists. Fire mode, you can do default weapons fire depending on weapon type. Hold weapons fire repeatedly on button hold. Slow firing low ammo weapons such as grenades will remain single fire. Awesome. Toggle. Weapons fire repeatedly when toggled on. will continue firing until toggled off. Slow firing, low ammo, uh, such as gra- grenades will, will remain single fire. You got aim mode. Uh, sets the aim action as either toggled on or off in the button hold. Aim assist. You can do it as a default. You can do it as strong. You can do auto aim. You can do lock on. You can do melee mode. You can do weapon wheel mode. It says weapon wheel action as either toggled on or off or a button hold. Then you go down to traversal toggles and assist. So you can do off-screen ledge guard, prevents inadvertently falling off on-screen ledges. Auto oh, glide. that's awesome. That's like Automatic. the bumpers on Mario Kart. Yeah. yeah. Automatically glide whenever you're in the air. Hover boot auto pump automatically pumps into max speed when using the hover boots. Uh, sprint hover boot mode says hover boot action as either toggled on or off. Functions as sprint uh, before hover boots are required. Swing mode says swing action as either toggled on or off. Speedle boast mode is a set speedle boast action toggling on or off. Flight assist automatically levels out during flight sequences. Then you have uh, visual displays, which goes HDR. You can do brightness, contrast, contrast options, high contrast background, hero shader, enemy shader, interactable shader, hazard shader, collectible shader. Mm. You have uh, visual screen effects, which is motion blur, depth of field, chromatic aberration, film grain, full screen effects, and screen shake. You can turn it on and off. Then you have the heads up display. Good God. Waypoint display, uh, rift tether prompts, icon prompt size, uh, user interface, parallaxing, center dot, heads up display, HUD colors, uh, emphasize text colors, you can aim art color, target art color, 
They got controller shortcuts, controller remapping, simplified traversal, moves all traversal actions to a single button input. This includes rift uh, tether, swing shot, phantom dash, and hover boots. That's awesome. Yep. Shortcuts That's great. Four. Choose an action to map the corresponding shortcut slot. Shortcut options, you can do either photo mode, toggle contrast options, show the objective, game speed options. You can press to play the game at 70, 50%, or 30% of the speed of the game uh, if you need to play a little bit slower. Uh, weapon quick select, melee combo, melee slam, melee throw, auto glide. Then you have the camera. You have invert up, down, invert left, right, invert flight up, down, invert flight left, right, flight stick, camera sensitivity. Then you have a vibration setting, experience. Expirational, functional, off. Then you have vibration intensity, adaptive triggers. You have an expirational, uh, functional, and off. Then you even have uh, volume. This list keeps going on. Uh, Damn. Master volume, music, music volume, speech volume, SF, uh, sound effects volume, user interface volume, and then audio. This last and final audio balance and modes. You can do audio balance between left and right channels. You can do midnight mode to uh, lower down the settings. Controller speaker, you can turn it on and off. Controller speaker volume, you can turn it up and down. So It's like we're getting this game with a debug unlocked or something. <laughs> yeah. But that'll be great for like the one-button things that I'm just thinking about. More people that can enjoy this game that wouldn't have been able to do so beforehand. And yeah. uh, being able to slow it down and all that kind of stuff. It's just we've, we've the industry has made such strides over... This is the way the game has to be played. It's going to be super hard, and it's made to sink your quarters and keep you from renting from Blockbuster and stuff like that. We're way past all that shit, and it's, it's really great to see. Um, there was a thing I, sh- I should have uh, put this in notes or something, but Steve Saylor, he goes by the Blind Gamer online on Twitter, and uh, he was talking about playing Halo uh, way back in the day, and it was like the first game he was able to play through. I didn't read the whole thing, but uh, he actually got to tell Marty O'Donnell, that's the composer behind Halo, and he actually played some of the music for him and stuff like that. And it was it was a real cool moment. So accessibility is awesome. Uh, we here don't have any issues uh, playing games, and um, but it's always great to highlight uh, those who can't, you know, that those options are there for for other people, so everybody can enjoy this medium that we do. I think it is great. Um, so that is in the Xbox Insider thing. Who's going to take the Rockstar story? I guess it'll be me since I'm wearing that Rockstar t-shirt. Yeah! That was so generously donated by a member of the show. (laughs) Tell us about the game you're going to buy again. (laughs) So, yeah, this comes from The Verge, uh, Andrew Webster. Grand Theft Auto V is coming to the PS5 and Xbox series of systems, um, which is no surprise. Those games are already available through backwards compatibility. This is for the upgraded versions of those games. Um, And they haven't really gone in depth as to uh all of the all of the new upgrades that will be in the game but they did say that the uh, game will be available on november the 11th um because they did announce it for ps5 i I remember that being that was like the first game they showed which i remember being a little thinking that was a little odd during that show. <laughs> you know, they, they hadn't yeah. even revealed, the, you know, much about the PS5, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we here's, really here's see the titles. PS3 game. And then all of a sudden, yeah, first thing is is <laughs> your Grand Theft Auto V on on PS5. And it's just like, yeah, that, 
the game you've been playing since you've had a 360 or a PS3 is now transcended onto a, yet another console. They just passed a milestone. Like I see, I see it says 140 million copies in this article, but I saw a recent thing that said 145. Yeah. They're still selling shit tons of copies of GTA five and it's only going to be more with this new generation. Yeah. And of course, I mean, that means Grand Theft Auto online comes along with this, the next, uh, upgrade with that. They haven't, again, they haven't talked about a lot of the improvements. They haven't talked about if there's an upgrade path, uh, I would assume that they want you to just buy a new version. They with them, I, I don't know if there's going to be a path to victory version where you just pop in your your path old one. I, I I mean, obviously they've they'll probably put out a patch that you know makes it a little bit better. But if you yeah. want those if you want those next gen updates or current gen updates, I would assume that they want their money. So. They got it from us before. Yeah. And they I keep remember being it. in that Sony press conference when they announced the PS4 version. So I was very excited. Uh, I still am. He's still excited. All right. Yes. Years later. You heard it here first. Many, many years later. All right. Expect more GTA 5. Uh, next is we have two new DualSense controller colors. Uh, this came... Uh, I know sometime after after the show I think it was the day after the show last week um, when we recorded Mm -hmm. Um, but they're releasing two new color variants Midnight Black and Cosmic Red Uh, the black features two subtly different shades of black with light gray detailing to reflect how we view space through the night sky and Cosmic (laughs) Red offers a striking apple color I know right (laughs) Uh, Cosmic Red offers a striking black and red design inspired by unique, vivid shades of red found throughout the cosmos. Um, that red definitely looks more of like a magenta to me from the pictures. Um, the black looks damn awesome. Uh, if you want to see these, either check them out uh, via PlayStation or I did post... Uh, when they announced it uh, on our Instagram. So go, you can see these pictures on, uh, or picture from the reveal on Instagram. These are only uh, six axis, right? They don't have the rumble in them yet. (laughs) 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 12 axis. You got to wait for DualShock 5 to come out later. (laughs) Kojima's next game. Kojima's not going to release a PS5 game until the the new DualShock is out. (laughs) And I... (laughs) I know you could pre-order these. I'm trying to see. I want to say they were actually going to be available. It's like June 11th. With, I was about to say, I think it was in June. It was like June 11th from PlayStation, like June 16th from retailers, maybe? Yeah. June 15th, some, some shit something like Something like that. It's not in this uh, PlayStation blog article, but I do remember it was, yeah, in June. Kind of yeah. black. It's like, what? Should have shipped with it. Yeah, it's what I wanted to begin with. They also uh, talked about Returnal's haptic feedback. That wasn't out there? That news wasn't out there? I guess they hadn't talked about it before like that. I guess. They went through some article where they went through uh, many different games using the the DualSense controller. Yeah, Brent, you were saying Returnal's rain didn't feel quite as good as... uh, 
to me it really it really didn't it, it 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 felt i'm waiting to see what ratchet does with it oh, as crazy gosh. as their weapons and stuff are it's going to be insane i think yeah ratchet is going to be the true uh benchmark i think for that ps5 at least at the moment oh the uh the days of play sales coming up did y'all see that it's going to be like uh spider-man demon souls there's a couple other games uh sack boy yeah this will be the first have you seen prices on those yet no they i think they just announced kind of what like the framework of the of the sale i don't think they announced any hard prices yet probably 20 dollars off probably 49.99 would that be a safe bet? I mean, um, I'd, I'd love to see more. I'd love to I'd, see. I would. I would about say I, I would gamble because those are still so new. Yeah, you, you might get ten ten bucks off. I mean, twenty bucks if they really are trying to push those titles. But again, that's this is the first um, sale that these titles will have digitally, and I mean, it's only going to be available on the on the digital titles. So at least the people that have the digital only versions of PS5 are finally <laughs> getting a getting a break on their game if yeah. they're going to buy during the sale rather because you know they can't pop into the local game uh, retailer and pop a or get a, a pre owned copy. Yeah, they can get a disc. Yeah. Did that PS the PS5 digital is the same hard drive space as the yes disc one right the yeah. literal only difference in those two skews is the disc drive yes Absolutely. yes man they went two totally different routes didn't they mm-hmm. we're seeing like even though they're so tech similar we're seeing that deviation as far as it's going to be interesting I've, I've said since uh before launch like it's it's going to be interesting how these two strategies play out and just watching watching how each one of them performs and does all right, uh, Cesar, you want to grab this uh, Nintendo Switch online and tell us these great five titles we got? Yeah, they added <laughs> more games and they suck. All right, next story. <laughs> <laughs> next news. There's a couple gems. No, they're all garbage. All right, Nintendo Switch uh, online gems, reaches more than 100 games. retro games. This is from The Verge, Sam uh, Byford. Um, they added uh, the latest additions this time is uh, Caveman Ninja Joe and Mac, which has not been on anything ever. Uh, this is the SNES version ported by uh, Data East, which has also been released separately, re-released again on Switch and PS4. Uh, Magic Drop 2, another one from Data East. Um, this was originally in the Neo Geo. Uh, Super Baseball Simulator 1.000 uh, SNES baseball game released by Culture Brain in 91. This is not a bad baseball game, by the way. It's like robots and shit, but it's not bad. Uh, I still prefer balls. Uh, Spanky's Quest, a 1991 SNES action game by Natsume about a monkey with a magic bubble. Well done. And then uh, Ninja Jajamaru, a popular Jellico NES action game released in 85. It was only ever released in Japan, but it did come to the Wii Virtual Console around the world <laughs> in 2007. And he makes a note, so still no Earthbound. <laughs> still no Earthbound. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking on here. I don't think there was an NES thing, right? That was just it. it was the Super Nintendo games? Yeah. No, no, no. The the Ninja, Ninja Jaja, uh, oh, Kun. Yeah. Whatever. I, look, which which I watching to... the which watching the the thing for that game, I was like, what is this game? And then all of a sudden, he like does some weird move and like summons a a big frog and is riding on the frog. I was like, okay, now I'm sold. Dude, so now you're in after that. You can do that, or you can do what I did. And just buy the collection to get all six games. 
Oh, there we go. So now I have all six versions of the Ninja Jaja Kun Maru Kun. So what collection is so, showing off? That's for our uh, audio listeners. It's the Ninja Jaja Maru Kun collection. Literally, that's what it's called. Did they is all that... come out for NES? I've never heard uh, of the series. These, I think, were all, every version, like NES, Super Nintendo, because this was 85, 86 arcade, 89 arcade, 1990, NES, 91, Super Nintendo, and 2019 when they came out with a new one. Oh. everything. I'm seeing on there that that is a, uh, obviously a Japanese import. Is that is that Japanese region only, or is that like uh, something you can get from Play Asia? You can get the Asian... Uh, region version of it that has maybe some some english or does that game even rely at all any on text so i think um if i'm not mistaken they released it on the eShop for america i'm gonna check real quick uh, uh, i th- thought it was available on the virtual yeah it says uh, it was available on the virtual Wii virtual console in 2007 no that collection Oh, the collection. That collection, they, they, yeah, that one I just showed you. You're asking if there's an English version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, I think this is where it gets weird because I, I imported that one from Amazon Japan. Uh, they did come out with an English physical release, uh, but it sold out instantly and it's pretty expensive to get now. Um, they only have very, very limited run on it. Um, who who wound up producing it? I don't think it was limited run. Was it like super limited or a company that most people never heard of called Dispatch Games? Mm. Dispatch no, I... Games. Yep. Uh, My favorite did... thing about games on disc is the patches. Yep. <laughs> Just uh, you do it without the K and uh, without the C in there. So, um, I guess it's not on. I guess this is not on the. See it on the eShop in America, but they did a American ver- uh, release of it um, on PS4 and Switch, and it sold out instantly. And it's pretty expensive to get on eBay. So, but it's still available digitally. Uh, and now, we, now we get the NES one free with our twenty dollar a year subscription. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I paying this? So I can play uh, Donkey Kong Country once every six weeks when I think about it. Yeah. And link to the past. But that that is your Nintendo um, hot take releases of the decade. And, and, and they were very means... proud that they, that that <laughs> brought their total uh, available titles to play on the service to over a hundred games. Hundred and four exactly. Yes. They released a press briefing stating that there are over a hundred titles. And then uh, somebody had tweeted my favorite uh, picture meme online where there is a influential figure giving themselves a medal. Uh, ah. Always makes me laugh. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> giving themselves the medal of freedom as congratulations yeah. on uh, a job well done. Oh, that's but a good one. Nintendo articles out of it. So. Uh, coming soon, Game Pass. This comes from the Xbox Wire, not PlayStation Blog, but Xbox Wire from Megan Spur, the community lead of Xbox Game Pass. Uh, a bunch of new games are coming to Game Pass. We have SnowRunner. I'm just going to list them. Yeah, yeah let's go. go. Pickle 2, Plants vs. Zombies, Battle of the I Neighborhood. Pickle 2. I said Pickle 2? Pickle 2. <laughs> Pickle 2. 
Fusion Frenzy, how was that not on there? It's first party now, right? Joyride, Joyride Turbo, MechWarrior 5, Conan Exiles, The Catch, Carp and Carp and Course? What is this? I was, I was waiting for you to say Carp and Diem or something. Holy like that. shit. SnowRunner, Maneater, The Wild of Heart, Knockout City, which actually looks pretty cool. That's that uh, dodgeball looking uh, Splatoon esque game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slime Rancher, Spellforce 2, Secret Neighbor, and Solasta. That was their. their... Outside of maybe the, the their stealth launcher Dragon Quest builders was I think Dodgeball City was the one they were up in as their their big uh, release for May if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's their big association with EA Play. It's coming through there because I know next it, month their big release is with the Dark Alliance is their big release next yeah. month. Yeah, try to do one new release a month. I think that Dodgeball one was the one for this month. I immediately canceled my Dark Alliance pre-order. I was like, I'll fucking play that on Game Pass. You just saved me. It was only forty bucks still, but it, it saved me forty bucks. I'll play it through there, and if it's garbage, I'll just delete it. Uh, Knockout City, the Cesar was mentioning, day one with Xbox Game Pass for PC and Ultimate with EA Play, calling all brawlers, team up, and duke it out in Knockout City, where epic dodgeball battlers settle the score in team-based multiplayer matches. Throw, catch, pass, dodge, and tackle your way to dodgeball dominance. I feel like Maneater's been free on everything at some point. It has been. Fusion Frenzy, it's a great uh, Xbox original Xbox title. Uh, Slime Rancher, I feel like it's been free on, like, Epic Game Store and everywhere else. Maybe even uh, at some point. Yeah. Here's another important bit. Uh, there's more cloud-enabled games with touch controls. I noticed this when I launched up. I tried out uh, Game Pass on, on iPad. It's been about two weeks ago, and it still didn't perform well for Halo. But I'm not on the... My iPad is old enough now. All of a sudden, God, it feels like three years. But my iPad is now on the list of like non-recommended um, Game Pass yeah. cloud things, so I don't know if that is why it acts up or what. Is that even a thing? Uh, apparently, they have officially endorsed iOS devices that they released. But uh, these games have gotten touch controls, so you can just play in a tablet with normal controls. And that's Banjo Tooie, which I don't quite—I don't know why you would want to play a platformer like that with right with a screen. Uh. Yeah. Uh, Call of the Sea, Genesis Noir, uh, Narita Boy, Near Automata, Become as Gods Edition. How's that playable with uh, whatever? This is it's out there for somebody. Somebody's like, yes, I've been waiting on this. Uh, Rain on Your Parade and Two Point Hospital, which to me seems the most um, accessible for the the touch interface. There's a bunch of new perks. Uh, leaving May 31st is always important. Assetto Corsa, Bro Force, Kingdom Hearts HD. One and a half plus two and a half. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8, which all that sounds like a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> Sorry if you're joining this video game podcast. We play a lot of video games, and it still doesn't fucking make sense to us. Uh, uh, Surviving it Mars makes kind of sense to me. It's garbage, Brent. You know it. Uh, Surviving Mars and Void Bastards, which I hear is also quite good. So I also expect coming up uh, there to be... Oh, Final Fantasy 12 got added to Game Pass? I don't remember that. That was in February. Yeah. Wow, uh, and I know ten and ten two just went up like the end of uh, the end of last month. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Like you so said. there's E three's coming up. I think there's going to be some more sales, but they're still doing that. You know, if you haven't if you haven't converted to Ultimate yet, you can do the one dollar thing and get Ultimate for. It says your first three months of Game Pass Ultimate for a dollar. It's pretty fucking good. Get you in that ecosystem. All right, we've been teasing it. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. 
there is a gorgeous uh, this comes from The Verge, but there is a gorgeous uh, amiibo that Nintendo announced of Zelda with a loft wing from the upcoming HD remake of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Looks super cool. It's 25 bucks. It's one of the best looking amiibo that I have ever seen. And then the news broke on what the amiibo actually does. And I'm actually kind of upset about it. <laughs> There's been some follow up comments made by Nintendo to clarify, and it's still not good. So basically the gist of it, and this comes from the Verge article, fast travel in Skyward Sword is normally only accessible at in-game save points, a remnant of the more rigid Zelda design the game launched with on the Wii in 2011. So you would have to go to like a statue or you'd have to be at certain parts of a dungeon or the overworld. Um, I've played exactly five hours of Skyward Sword, all with Cesar, who slept through three of them famously. So (laughs) this will be my uh, introduction fully into Skyward Sword. Uh, when this new amiibo is placed on the Switch in the HD remake, you can automatically return to the sky to restock on items or upgrade something and then return to wherever you were without missing a beat. So, the problem with this is, is that this feature, which is like an essential part of the game, of of an improvement in this game, is gated outside of the title unless you pony up for this $25 amiibo. Yeah. Which... I'm a Zelda collector. I like, I don't collect Amiibo like I used to, but I've got almost all the Zelda ones because I enjoyed playing Breath of the Wild and like scanning in my Amiibo and watching the costumes fall, the treasure chest fall from the sky and hoping my costume was in there and that kind of stuff. And it was just a cosmetic thing, you know, it wasn't really a functionality. I wasn't using it to spoof the game or anything. I just, I wanted the like Ocarina uh, Link Zelda, called him Zelda. I wanted the Ocarina Link costume, you know, the green hat and the tunic and all that kind of stuff. And it was fun to, like, get fish, and you would just get random shit that would fall out of the um, out of the chest. So this, this seems to be a great... They took a complaint about Skyward Sword, about the archaic nature of it and the, the more unforgiving, you know, and they could have made it... They could have put it in the game and made it super accessible, and yeah. instead it's, it's, it's locked to this $25 toy that... This is the point I was trying to get around to. It's probably not going to be easy to find when it comes out. Which, uh, where do you guys stand on this whole thing? I mean, they it's not game-breaking. It is definitely helpful. But like you said, it makes everything a little definitely more convenient. And it's, right. some, it's obviously something they could have just put as an improvement to the game. Yes. It's a little, it's a little odd that they locked this functionality to the NFC of this uh, of this amiibo, um, almost like, and we're gonna get to this when when we discuss Mass Effect. But the sniper rifle in the original Mass Effect was notice noticeably like shaky. The shooting was just like you had to really hone in on something. And it was kind of a gamble to try to shoot, and they they fixed the shooting in this in Mass Effect. So imagine not having that or knowing that it's in the game. But I have to have an amiibo to put down, or like a sniper rifle amiibo that I have to pay twenty five dollars for on top of the game that I've already got to make the game to make the gun shoot properly. Yeah. I don't know if it's that. <laughs> Maybe that's not quite the right analogy, but a feature that you know people complained about and they fixed is now locked behind this thing, and it just. And I know I'm not always gonna have when I'm playing Skyward Sword. I'm not always gonna have a damn amiibo sit next to me. I know we're no. all at home, but so. I kind of went through this, um, and this would be a rather annoying 
um, workaround. Um, so Animal Crossing. I'm the Animal Crossing. I was the Animal Crossing guy for a minute um, before I came on this podcast. You, you, you still are. Luck. You still there? No one's taking your crown. <laughs> yeah, Someone has to take there. your crown for you yeah. to not be the guy. So was, out of I, I don't want to get too far off what you're when you're talking about. Out of all the Animal Crossing games, out of all the Animal Crossing games ever made, I got 60 hours total, and it's only in that one game. That's it. <laughs> I own them all. So so to to get certain villagers you could scan in uh, a lot of those amiibo cards. And there were certain villagers I wanted, um, and I, I could look up and see there was amiibo cards, but the amiibo cards at this point are harder to get, and because of the popularity of the game at the time, people were jacking up the prices. Yeah. So I looked up, and there was a workaround. There is a app you can buy, or not buy, but download, at least for my Android phone. I'm sure there's something equivalent for iOS, that basically turns your phone into a discoverable Joy-Con. And you can download and find all of the uh, code for all of the Amiibo Amiibo cards. And so basically you turn your phone into a discoverable Joy-Con, you connect it to the Switch, (laughs) and then you you turn on... uh, (laughs) Discover card Amiibo? (laughs) Pretty much. uh, Turn your your phone into a Discover card, which... Tells me about it. We can get you amiibos. You you turn on. <laughs> you you have to have the files on your phone, but you turn you uh, say scan amiibo, and you have to be decently quick. But you you know tap whatever code you want, and it'll yeah. load it like you just scanned an amiibo, and it'll load into the switch. But then you have to do that every time. And I mean for for villagers, you had to do it every day for three days and do stuff for this villager. But I could I could and that was kind of tedious on its own i could see having to disconnect reconnect your phone and and scan or you know uh kind of fake scan this amiibo every right. time you wanted to return would be a hassle oh gosh exhausting did they make uh didn't they make like nfc cards that you can buy like etsy people and such that you can oh yeah okay so I... that might end up being the better route to go i actually prefer the route up <clears throat> using that as my discover card because that'll probably be the only thing I can actually use a discover card on. Do I have, a dis- I don't have any sort of discover card? Uh, what the fuck can you use a discover card on? Excuse me. Yeah, w- what year is this? I don't know. Where are you going to place? Where Where have you ever gone anywhere where we're like discover card only accepted here? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would be an. It would be in a place where it's the 1980s and it's a mall based place. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not keen on this, and the game's already sixty bucks, and so you're looking at the Verge actually points out it's it's eighty five bucks when you get to this point. Yep, and that's kind of again. I mean, if you're a Zelda scalpers, fan, and, scalpers are going to be involved in this because, like you said, yeah, it'll be harder to to snatch up. And you know, now with this knowledge, people are going to buy these things up and then jack the price up to at least double. Uh, I mean, fifty, sixty dollars, maybe more for a single amiibo. The game looks awesome, though. The little clips they showed—it's a beautiful looking game. Yeah, it's it's okay when you have uh, when it gives you weird stuff like oh, more rupees or random stuff or cosmetic stuff. Cosmetics, yeah, yeah. that is fine. But you know, for a gameplay feature, that, that sucks. 
Oh, what a soundtrack too. All right, we beat that into the ground. Let's end it. Let's finish on a high note. Let's finish on a low note. This is not a low note. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, so we've talked on the show probably since the show started. There's been rumors of a Time Splitters game or port or something like that. Uh, in this that past week, home front. what's that? That was not in Homefront. I know. I need to try that out. I need to see that remaster that's in there. So um, this actually came out this past week on May. Was it yet? No, it was today. It was earlier today. Yeah, it was today. Yep. Time Splitters is officially finally making its grand return. This comes from Push Square. After the IP was procured by Cock Media, the idea of the beloved FPS franchise come back from the dead was suddenly a real possibility. Now, in a new announcement from publisher Deep Silver, a new entry in the series is officially underway. In a statement shared on social media, Deep Silver confirms the exciting news that it has re-established Free Radical Media in order to revive Time Splitters. So not only is Time Splitters coming back, it's Free Radical, and it's the people who made Free Radical. Uh, the statement says, "You asked, and we listened. We've been working uh, on plans to bring the Time Splitters franchise back to life, and are pleased to let you know that we are setting up a new Deep Silver development studio to do just that." Free Radical Design is reforming and will be headed up by industry and Time Splitters veterans Steve Ellis and David Doak. This is an exciting first step in the process. Development on a new game has not yet started, and we will update you when we have more news to share. David Doak. These are, of course, uh, Perfect Dark and GoldenEye alumni as well. This was these the, the what's that? So these are the breaks. Bring them up. They are the breaks. They broke from <clears throat> Rare. And made, uh, I love Time Splitters too. It was one of my favorite games from that generation. We made so many crazy maps with that map editor and game modes. And uh, there was one called, we did it with a bunch of monkeys. It was like a (laughs) viral thing. It might have been called Virus. But one person starts off with uh, the virus. And then as you pass that character, they hand it off to you. So then it just becomes this mad thing of trying to stay away from these characters and you could change their attributes. You can make them run faster. You can make them like uh, almost like perfect dark where you had the revenge Sims and stuff like that. So I'm very excited for this. Even if it's just, we end up getting ports of the old ones to start off with. Maybe that's what they start off with to get up to date on game development. What do you think? Anybody else have time splitters nostalgia like me? I would imagine you would just let the new studio do the the new game, and you find some other studio to port the old stuff. Port that yeah. stuff. That's what I would do. But I mean, you know, freaking THQ Nord has got so many studios that they can probably do that. Just give it to the remaster studio. That's all they do. So. Yeah. We talked about them. Was it last week or two weeks mm-hmm. ago? Mm-hmm. They just bought them. So yeah, and that's all they literally done is just remasters. Yep. Now they're under the, they're under their umbrella. So why not get let them me, on it? Right? Uh, I apologize because I forgot they are doing the expansion for the re-reckoning, which is new. So that is new content. Yep. I apologize. Yep. That is crazy. An expansion to a game from that long ago. It's better than who had it before. So Kurt Schilling. Speaking of which, my cleats cut. I'm playing baseball again. My cleats cut the back of my foot. <laughs> I had a bloody sock. <laughs> oh, we officially come full circle on Kurt Schilling. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yep. And that's the end of our show. And we're done here. No games yep. played. We'll end it on Kurt Schilling, which nobody should ever do. And Time Splitters. No, no, nothing should ever end on <laughs> Kurt Schilling. He doesn't seem like a great human being. Oh, man, I'm excited for Time Splitters. But it may be, you know, I, when these new when, when these new old IPs show up, nothing – and we're a little bit different because we keep our games. So we, we always have those accessible. Like, I can go play every Time Splitters game right now if I wanted to. 
So it's not like they shit the bed on this one and it just, you know, there was almost no chance of us ever getting this franchise back again. And now there's a chance at potentially having, you know, another game may come out. It hasn't started development, but they're trying to put the right people in the right places. And just that, that promise of a new title, good or bad, it may be not great, but I still have those old titles, but just for it to be back in the mix again and people talking about it, not just asking for it, you know, it's, it's really cool to see that come about. Dr. Doak, you remember having to go see him in Goldeneye in the very beginning? Cesar, you never yeah. played that campaign. I've never even held a controller with a Goldeneye ever. Dr. Doak, they oh. rendered his, he's in the, uh, he's in the lab in the very beginning with a uh, 006. I'll, I'll die on that hill. I'll just keep popping in the Wii version with uh, Daniel Craig. Okay, that's your definitive Goldeneye experience. I'll, I'll die on that hill. Yeah. People, People started talking about uh, Goldeneye, and Cesar's like, the motion controls weren't that great. They're like, they're fucking amazing. Get out of here. Somebody, they're gonna see me out in the streets, like, get that bastard, beat him down. What did I do to deserve this? Play the Pierce Brosnan version. It's one of our favorite multiplayer face. games. And Cesar's like, yeah, the motion controls were great, mm-hmm. especially having four people with Wii remotes all together. I was so glad when they ported it over the PS3 later. And someone's like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> Man, speaking of lost ports, I would love to uh, get an official re- release of that 361. I know you can play it on modded system and this, that, yeah. and the other. Like, it's out. But it would be so cool to have that officially released and available for everywhere. All right, where are we at time-wise? We're an hour in. Not bad, gentlemen. Killing it. No more of these fucking hour and 48 minutes. We broke the we broke the cycle. I don't know. We haven't started talking Mass Effect yet. Uh, really, we're really going to go 48 minutes in Mass Effect and cut Brain out completely? We're going to do 40 minutes of Mass Effect and eight, a minute, eight minutes of uh, Brant's games. Brant's Rockstar games. Brant, do you want to start off? Because I think Mass Effect's my major game played. Is it yours, Cesar? It's literally the only game I played this week. Okay, good deal. It's also my yeah. favorite store in the Citadel. Favorite store in the Citadel? You haven't gone there yet. I don't think so. Yeah, I can't afford anything in the Citadel. They opened up this Spectre shop for me, and I'm looking at the prices. I'm like, why the fuck did you give me this? I can't buy this shit. <laughs> Go on, Brent. Hurry before we get started. We'll never yeah, stop. Right. Where are you going? Uh, this week, I've really only... <laughs> Returnal still has its claws in me. I, I oh, got nice. back into it. Um, and I mean, I got to, I got to the point where... Uh, I started seeing the the house and started experiencing some of like these weird flashbacks of Celine's memories and stuff. And it's Ooh, it's filling in the it's gaps barely, but it's it's still I mean, it gives you enough to just make you want to keep going. And eventually I, I got to this point where I got to um, the first like boss fight and. It took a couple tries, um, and and the one thing with Returnal, I mean, it definitely has to do with skill, but there is definitely, um, because it's a, a, a roguelike game, it's there's a little bit of luck involved, uh, and by a little, I mean a, a decent amount, because <laughs> there's... It's mostly just luck. <laughs> there's, uh, like, hidden areas you can find... And you might get lucky and get dropped into an area and it gives you an extra key or you drop in and there's like three chests and you've got a decent um, uh, chance at at pulling a a decent weapon. Or you could just get dropped into an area and then there's a big ass enemy 
that's just massive and will like tear you up uh, before you can like try and run around it and leave the area real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's some other areas where, <laughs> and I learned really quick which uh, area it was. Uh, that you can get locked in, and it just does waves and waves and waves of enemies. Uh, Is there any way to get out, or you just die? You're stuck. Die and redo. And that's in the that's, room, or uh, you get out of the room when you die. No, 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 no. Just in, in the room, because I mean, I'd, I'd last a few a few waves, and then all of a sudden, like before I can get my wits back about me, there's you know more enemies just spawned again, and it's it was everywhere. Um, and like I said, I mean, everything kind of changes, um, once you do, once you get, once you, uh, die and return, um, it's, it's different, but it stays the same. Like you will see a lot of the same rooms, but it will not be in the same layout. Um, you'll see different rooms and, and different areas and things, but for, for the most part, you'll go somewhere and you're like, okay, I, I've been in this kind of area before because there's the house and i actually got into the house and experienced a little bit of that um so bizarre i don't want to play this i i want to play this and try no, it, it but is I wanna, so it's I wanna, so good i want to watch you play it but yeah i, th- I think it it would be one of those things <laughs> where i would what? he's trying to ntr <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those things where I like I I what? wish I could just like I I I'm going to just wind up having to let you borrow this. I really wish they would release the first area or something or a timed demo uh of the of the first area just to give people a taste because you can't it, beat the game. You can't beat the game in 20 minutes, right? Not unless you've gotten, you know, gotten to the point where you've gotten a lot more permanent upgrades. So it'd be a, it'd be a safe demo, like the bullshit. Y'all remember the 3DS demos that they would release, and it's like you can play it five times or you can play yeah. it ten times. And that's the thing is, I've gotten, you know, I've gotten to where I can do a few more things. Like I talked about how there was barriers keeping me from getting to certain uh, places, and yeah. Um, you actually wind up picking up this melee weapon. It's like this thing that's like a it's a big sword, and it actually allows you not only to do melee, but you can use it because it kind of emits this energy. You can use it to get past those barriers, um, which again opens up and lets you explore more. And but that's the thing is if you get a if you get decent weapon, decent drops and things, you can have a real good run. Uh, but there's other times where you're just going to get screwed uh, and you're just going to have to, I mean, no matter if you've been playing 10 minutes, 15 minutes or an hour, and then you're going to go back to the, back to the beginning. And uh, I, feel I find like I have time for something like that. That how long do these runs last? It depends. It really does. I mean, it, like I said, it could, it could be 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and especially if you get good drops, um, but again, it could be an hour or more because um, I finally beat the boss and I got this uh, thing that's called the Crimson Key. And I kept going to this room and it would just it's like uh, all these alien statues and, and stuff like everywhere. And, and it's this giant uh, area that's all red. And there was like this 
kind of broken thing laying on the ground that I needed this key for. And mm-hmm. I get it, and it opens up this giant gate, like almost look, looking like a stargate or something. And you step, you step careful, through it. Careful, careful. Yeah, you step through it, and you go through. Um, you go from uh, everything they've they've shown you in the trailers and everything is basically from the first area, and it's you know it's very dark, it's gloomy, um, and it's kind of it feels kind of closed off. Um, but then the second area uh, that I got to is this vast red open desert. Huh. And there's six different biomes in all. Um, so there's and several you just different... made it to the second one. Yeah. So is that supposed to be like a short word for biodome, like the movie biodome with Polly Shore? Definitely not, buddy. Uh, <laughs> well done but uh it it it's it's it was a new area to explore i was like you know completely like taken in again by this game and i'm and i'm starting to go through and the enemies are completely different they're doing you know more attacks different attacks and then i come across enemies that look the same as some of the generic enemies I've been fighting that I've been fighting, except now they're about, mm, I'd say three to four times bigger. <laughs> and I'm trying to escape from them. And then eventually I, I, I'm just following where I can go and where I see. And, um, cause it, I, I told you it was, there was a mysterious signal. And then once you go through and, you know, once you found the signal, that's the boss fight. Once you go through this gate, uh, there's a there's a mountain and, you know, you get one of your um, corpses. Again, you pick up this uh, uh, audio log and it says something about, you know, you're compelled to climb the mountain. You don't know why. And this, that and the other. You just feel that there's something there for you. So you go towards the mountain and as I'm going towards, I get into this one area and then all of a sudden I just get rained on by some attack. And I see this <laughs> enemy like kind of dart in front of me as I'm like falling and I'm like, damn. And it, it flashes, it flashes the crash and I'm right back at the beginning. I'm like, does that mean I have to fight the boss again? Or does it mean I'm just going to be able to go to that second area again? Yeah. Or I'm, I, I don't know yet. Oh. And I was, I was, <laughs> I was kind of like, I kind of don't want to know <laughs> because if I've got to fight this this enemy again, uh, I'm probably just going to go ahead and, and and pop in Resident Evil and and do that uh, and beat that before I get back to Returnal. Like I'm out. But nope. like I I really do enjoy this game and the combat and, and the controls are are very satisfying. They're very smooth. Everything works great. But the progression from this game um it feels a lot slower than some of the other roguelikes because i mean um i've heard you know hades um is is pretty decent about it and i know i played dead cells where you know you can go through runs and runs and runs and you have this you can do them pretty quick but you have this feeling as you're you know getting these different power-ups and, and pickups and things like that you feel like you're actually going farther and it's easier and at least um Feels i know like you're H- making progress yeah i know hades at least has 
um, save points uh, during your runs. But I know Returnal at the moment does not. So, I mean, you could play for two hours and then all of a sudden hit a block, you know, in a run and get set all the way back to the beginning of the game. So um, I'm going to probably play it one more time, see if I have to take down that boss again. If so, like I said, I'm probably just going to pop in uh, Resident Evil Village and uh, play through that real quick before I come back to Returnal. You're a better man than me. I'd be out. I'd be like, nope. Uh, on another note, I've been watching uh, some people doing um, some streams for Resident Evil Village on, mm-hmm. uh, online. And I've noticed that they got loading screens because they played the PC versions. I had no loading screens on that PS5 one. So <laughs> I, I, was looking, I, was like, what? I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, there was a typewriter and it was showing different screens. And I didn't get any of that. I was like, well, I didn't even notice there was no load screen when I was playing through it. It just, it just flowed naturally. That's awesome. Definitive edition. Definitive. Man, Brent, that, if you have to fight that boss, if you have to go through that boss on every single run. Yeah. That's I, it. And that's the thing. It, it took me a couple tries to get its get its pattern down because it's one of yeah. those where it's it's multi um multi health bar, you know, tiered health bars, and after each health bar it kinda like spazzes for a second and then it goes into a variation of the same sets of attacks it was doing along with some extra, you know, to them. Right. So you, yeah, it's, it's one of those, you have to kind of stand back and really watch and see, and it's trial by fire kind of deal. So the only is, is, is rogue like or light light. I think it's rogue light rogue light. So the only one of those that I have played that I enjoy and correct me if I'm wrong. Does Toe Jam and Earl apply to this type of game with that, runs and randomly generated stuff? I mean, I guess that would be like a mysterious dungeon. That'd be like a dungeon crawler type one. Okay, so not even that because that's that's the only thing I can seem to equate it to. I'm not, and there's no bosses in that. You just try to you yeah. know find pieces and get to the end. I would I would say that that's maybe a very early inception of the concept. I mean, you have stuff like. Spelunky and Dead Cells and um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember some of the other. I mean, obviously Hades. Does, and, does Hollow Knight count where you have to pick um, up your stuff? No, because I mean Hollow Knight, you can you, you're you're saving. Hi, Hollow Knight's definitely Metroidvania. Gotcha. All right, I swung and missed on both of those. So <laughs> no, no, you're you're good. I mean, it says a mysterious dungeon is a series of roguelike video games, it, it, but Tell Jim and Earl. Reminds me more of like a mysterious dungeon type thing where you you okay. load up a dungeon. The dungeon has random enemies, random uh, abilities, and random items you get every time you start a level. That that's more like that one, in my opinion. So you know what I mean, Cesar? It's not like I mean we've lost more at Toe Jam and Earl than we've beat it, right? And it's never. It's always fun. It's never like fuck this game. I mean, we've had some bullshit stuff happen to us, but. I don't know that, uh, you know, making progress and then beating a boss and then having to start all the way over and beat the boss and do all that stuff again. I don't, I don't know if that would be my cup but of that, tea. That's the thing, though, is that, I mean, if it felt if it felt like I was losing because it was cheap or, you know, the combat just didn't feel like it was connecting or, right. you know, all of that, I, I would be mad at this game. I yeah. would be like, man, th- no, this bull, I'm 
you know, controller down, I'm moving on. But it's there's there's something, it, and it just keeps this game just keeps pulling me back. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know it's if it's the, in. I don't know if it's the the you know the constant like tease with the story. It's this mystery, and and it, uh, like I said last week, it's almost like Metroid roguelite style. You know, it's it has that kind of Metroid isolated feel. You know, right. Very cool. Brand, have you played anything else? Nope. Uh, we were all in space this week. Tell us about the the uh, mass effect. I'll start off first because I know Cesar, you've gotten uh, you've gotten further than I. You've beat the first game. Uh, this is my probably fifth or sixth attempt at trying to play Mass Effect, and I'm farther again. That's what I try to do with a lot of games. See you, if I get farther into it. You'll beat it in the next remaster. Don't worry, man. You'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> PS7. A PS7 version of Mass Effect is going to be amazing. But uh, I played, I started it on 360. I know it was at the old house. So it had to be about 18 months ago or so. But I just popped it in one afternoon when it was backwards compatible. And I was like, man, this is, this is actually pretty fucking good. But I had the weird sniper rifle stuff. and Because I always like playing, like if I if I get to choose a character class, I'm going to be stealthy. I'm going to be distance, that sort of thing. That's how I like I like playing games. Um, you know, if I have, if I have that sort of option. But the shooting on this is is way better. The character models are way improved. I'm playing on Xbox Series X with the uh, high frame rate mode and everything, and it's just freaking gorgeous. Um, I forgot how how much fun it was, like going through the dialogue wheels. Um, there's some things I'll get where you're interacting with a character and you'll get a dialogue wheel, and it'll say, okay, you can push them on this question, or there's here's something else you can spin the conversation off to. And I'm like, I'll start with this one. And it fucking ends the conversation. They don't want to talk to you after that. And I'm like, no, I wanted to see where that other one was going to go to. So there's been a couple of moments of that. Um, you start I, off as... Uh, I should go. Do what? I should go. I should go. Yeah, he's famous for that. I'm playing as the male shepherd. Which one did you go with, Cesar? A generic male shepherd. Gener- yeah, generic male shepherd. I should I, go. The 361 I did was was Fem Shep, but uh, I just did the male win on this one for some reason. Um, you really have to, and I think the first one is more RPG than the second and third ones. Am I right on that, Cesar? Those are more action oriented. Um, yeah, you yeah. get more you get more depth in um, in your abilities because um, when you do the level ups, you have you can categorize it down to different weapons. It gives you different abilities and different weapons, and also your biotics. Uh, so I haven't I haven't messed with the biotics yet, and I'm sitting on like thirty something points on the skill stuff. What what would you recommend I spend some of the skill points on? The first thing that I I I fucked up on because I I played the Mass Effect two. And three, and I never got through on the first one. Talking about back in the day, correct. Uh, so in the and two and three, you have Paragon and Renegade, and your choices and the story is dependent on where you're at in those levels. Um, so there is no skill attributes to those. It's just dependent on your choices you make in that game. You'll get more either more good or more bad, and you can continue that route in the story. Right. Um, and from there, you get ramifications because if you don't have enough, then certain things can happen to certain characters or certain areas, and you can't save those people, or you end up pissing those people off. So to make a, a long story part. short, uh, what I learned the hard way because I lost some characters in Mass Effect uh, Uno is that uh, you make sure you have your charm 
uh, maxed out because they are story bits in there where you are required to have a certain level of charm and either a you won't be able to you'll be you'll be forced to go on the path of the story you can kind of change the story around if you max those out so okay you're on the generic path if you don't so the only problem is i was relying on auto level up and auto level up and uh, negates that whole charm and um intimidation so it doesn't not fill those up but it fills those up mainly on everything else so there was one part of the story where i was where i was screwed and i was like oh no i gotta save this character and I moved up another level, and I was like, I, I gave whatever points I have to get up to level four on my charm to try to save this character, and it wasn't enough. And I wasn't, I couldn't, I was stuck on the planet. I couldn't get off uh, unless I jumped to an older, uh, older save, which was like ten hours before that. And I was oh, like, oh, oh shit, it, it is what it is. I'm stuck. I, I, I'll lose this character, and it sucks because the character I can't play because I imported him in the second game, uh, and I played him on the original one, PS3. Because I didn't play, P- uh, you know, I didn't play Mass Effect on PS3 because they didn't get it. They get started with two. Yeah. Um, his story. And, you did and, like the uh, you did the catch up thing, something, right? The comic. Yeah, there's a comic. You can yeah. do the choices. And I saved him in the comic. And his story, um, dealing with a certain aspect that is a, a story trait that started in the first game, was very interesting. And uh, I do do like that story, but uh, I guess I'll miss out on it with my playthrough on this one. So it is what it is. So I was like, eh, I'll go back and play the first one again. It's- is it main? Is it one of the main characters, like the people in the party? Because I've recruited everybody at this point. Yes, it's one of your. You, what? One you, of those people can die? Yes. There's one oh. person in that party where there's nothing you can do about, and there's one that you could save. So, um, just make there's sure you one have that. There's one I'm okay if she dies because I had a conversation with her, and she's fucking racist as shit. Like she hates, she hates aliens. Mm-hmm. And it's after this major story beat and I'm walking around the Normandy talking to everybody, right? Because it seems like that's the thing to do. You get the most lore, you get the most backstory, you find out about the characters. And she's like, uh, I'm a soldier. My parents were soldiers. Humanity has to watch out for themselves. We hate it. We, did she say hate? She's like, we don't trust anybody else. We're not going to, we're going to look out for us and ours. And I'm telling her, I'm like, no, they're part of the crew. Get the fuck out of here. And then the room we're in when we're having this conversation She's talking to me in front of this locker. Rex is down like I'm looking at him out of the corner of my eye, the big fucking Krogan thing. I'm like, he will fuck you up. I don't know what you're doing talking shit about aliens. He will mess you up. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm already I'm not keen on her because I don't my I tried to drive the conversation like uh, the aliens are good. We're new to the galaxy because that's the whole premise behind the story, right? Is the humanity discovered this Mass Effect relays on Mars, and it opened up, it opened us up to the rest of the galaxy and these other the Torians and the uh, what's the blue lady I just recruited? Tessar, what's her race? Asari. Asari. Um, the Krogans, the Vol Volus. Valerians. Yep. Valerians. Uh, Solarians. What is um. What is Garrus? What is his race? Turians. Turians, that's right. That's what Saren is. So they've all created this like federation and it's there and humanity's trying to make an impact. And you're they kind of brand you the first um human specter, or or so you think, and then you get a story beat later on. But just the layers that they keep adding on to these characters, and there's so much depth and and I've enjoyed like there hasn't been a whole lot of action. Except driving Cesar's favorite vehicle, the Mako. The Mako. And <laughs> shooting. The Mako. Uh, the shooting is not all that great still. It's, it's, and I'm playing on, I'm playing on the lowest difficulty. 
um, and I'm leveling up my sniper rifle, and I, I think I'm I think I'm throwing the right. You casual bastard, you. <laughs> yep, I'm absolutely doing Filthy it. There's casual. No, there's no way I'm making it through on anything else, and I've got two more after this. But um, Cesar, do you change your ammo types depending on what you're facing? Like I've been fighting a lot of the Geth things, so I've been using the synthetic armor piercing stuff. Do you change it depending on what fight you're coming up on? Um, I I got to the part where I got a cryogenics level seven, and I just left it on that one because after the third or fourth shot, it freezes the enemy and they just burst into uh, uh, ice cubes, regardless so, of I, organic or synthetic or anything. Right. So I, once I came across yeah. that one, I've left that as my permanent fixture on all my weapons. So it you can do that because there's different attributes where you can get plus ten percent, plus fifteen percent, depending on the uh different ammos and this is the aspect that's not included in the second game this is what makes it more of an rpg ah. so I, i'll let you go ahead and do your take and i'll go on my take on one so and then just my um, overall my overall take of it um i remember when this came out and i had a roommate at the time who was just gung-ho like he bought a tv he already had the 360 he would they were all in on mass effect at this time and there's some trademarks of like early next gen title, right? Like they have some they have some wide open spaces that are just there almost to be rendered, like there's nothing else going on. And the story beats are pretty linear, like it's gonna lead you from one to the next. Um but on that note, there's been some things that are not necessarily just laid out. Like there was a bit right before I got um I'm gonna mess her up. Oh, oh Liara. I was I thought I was gonna mess her name up. But the part where I was going to get Liara, there's like a drill that you have to send down into the ground. And I'm looking around for this code. There's a code that you need to activate the drill. I'm like, the drill. I'm like where the fuck is this code? I looked all over this room. And really all you're doing is is punching in the code like trial and error. And it's just like a five. It uses the face buttons, the A, B, X, Y. And it's like a five button thing trying to figure out what it is. And, uh, you know, it's like 30 seconds or so. But it, it's kind of cool that it doesn't. It doesn't spell out exactly what you need to do. You're in the right area, but you don't know exactly what's going on. And uh, it's been kind of cool. I haven't really looked at a guide. I, I did look up because the, the first two bits are kind of scripted. You have a, a mission on Eden Prime, and then you go to the Citadel. And I thought I was going to be in the Citadel for a long time. I still spent probably too much time in there because I kept picking up other people's problems, like Shepard's just talking to people. And I'm trying to find this guy's this guy's wife's body. She died, and they're... They're doing research on her body and he wants it back for religious purposes. And I'm trying to be this peacekeeper between both factions. And it's just uh, like the where the dialogue and stuff can take you is, is really, really cool. But um, Cesar, the, the planets that you can land on, I kind of guessed to find where to find Liara. Uh, they tell you what system she's in. And then you just kind of look at each planet and read a description. I thought that's what I was going to have to do, but then I got to one that just said land. So it, does it kind of guide you, but not, not hold your hand as far as getting to those places. So in this, in this game said, it's like you, it's, it's, it's like you said earlier. I mean, it, you get a lot of freedom in this game. Um, it's, it's up to you and how to play it. And this is the yeah. only game in the series out of all three of them that is like this. Okay. Uh, the, the two and three is more linear. Um, it kind of directs you into a path. Uh, there's still some aspects on there where you can get some. You, there's some stuff you can miss out on if you don't look for it, but it's not as difficult or buried into it like the first one is. So if you could on the first game literally just go through, follow the beats of the story, and 
get everything you need out of it, but then you'll miss out on all the, the additional lore from any characters because there's nothing on there that'll ask you to speak to anybody in your crew. Uh, kind of like you did with uh, Ashley Williams yeah. uh, to find out more about her background. I went through the whole game without talking to Ashley. I never liked Ashley the first couple times I played her. Ah, so uh, okay. I just skipped out her her dialogue altogether because I knew what she was going to say. So I literally went through the game without hearing any of her thoughts or feelings or anything like that. Gotcha. So you, you can play the game like that and just go through the main story, or you can sit there and interact with... Uh, like uh, Ashley's a romanceable character, so is uh, Liara. Oh, I'm uh, not hitting that, by the way. So <laughs> you, those are not options that are given to you unless you you go and take the time to speak with them and then mm. develop those relationships. I'm so, gonna talk. I'm gonna talk to her whenever I have downtime, just to yeah. see if I can curb her attitude okay. and see if I can. You you, you can you, you can have her. You can have Caden, the guy, and then you can have Liara. I think those are your three options in this game, depending on which route you want to go. Wait, romancing or what? Romancing, yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's not required. It's Ashley Caden or who? Uh, Liara, the one you're with right now. Okay, I know. Yeah, this, I know. What, I know where this is gonna go. Liara is really awesome. I like her a lot. I already like her too. Yeah. She's like a she's, she's, she's a, a freaking good archaeologist. Yeah, <laughs> she's a good character. She's like yeah, she's like a caught archaeologist that got caught up by like Indiana Jones style trap. Yeah, I just want I just want to go to these places and research. I'm really boring, and I'm like. Uh, no, your mom's got a very twisted past, and we found you in this uh, bubble. We had to send a drill out underneath it to, to get you out of this bubble. So if we're going to go over the story a little bit, how far are you in this game that I know we're not to go into? I have just gotten Liara, and I have found out um, she has enjoyed the vision that my shepherd has, has gotten from the beacon. A and little it's too much. The, do what now? She enjoyed it a little too much. Oh, uh, she really enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, man, well, okay, sure. Uh, but I, well, she, I mean, she, she's buried in books and researching. So, like, when I'm telling her this story, and you see it go off, where she's like, oh yeah, that, that does make sense because uh, there was a sentient being, blah 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 blah, and she goes in. I mean, she puts the pieces together, and that part is really, really freaking cool. So, her character and her species is real, uh, very well written. So they, they live a long time. So she's like a hundred. They can breed. They can breed with any species. Any species, yeah. Yep. And it, any gender as well, and none of that's required. Yep. Um, so, you know, she, her character is really well written because she's only 106, and I guess it's like the equivalent of like a barely a teenager, just 20 because they live up to a thousand years. Yeah. Um, and after, you know, after they get towards the end of their life cycle, is, is similar to her mother, which to be, they become a matriarch uh, and somebody of a symbol of respect in their in their culture, uh, somebody yeah. wise. Um, I'm intrigued by the mom. I've seen one scene with the mom, and they've referenced her a couple times, but I don't know anything else about her. So, so. at the part of the game, it, it splits you off into three choices you can get. So after you, when you, the way that the the game follows is that you you're on the citadel. No, you, I'm headed to another place. I got Liara. Now I'm headed to one of the other two places. So when you start the game, you're um, you're going to a human colony. Uh, you're with a specter named Nihilus. Yep. And they explain to you that this is like a trial run to for humanity to join the specters. Because there's never been one. Quotation or so we marks. thought. Um, yep. So as as you go in, there's a beacon, a Prothean beacon on this settlement that you're, you're going to pick up. As you go there, you see that the settlement is getting attacked and they are Geth, which is uh, inorganic beings that are attacking this area. And you pick uh, up the racist. Uh, yeah, Ashley's there. So uh, after you lose random guy who dies in the very beginning with the first Jenkins, shot. Jenkins. Jenkins dies immediately. Leroy. Um, so as you go there, you are with... Nihilus is not part of your team, but Nihilus runs into a another Spectre called Saren. 
who he knows and respects and is talking to. Correct. Who instantly be- betrays him. But um, it's either here or there. Uh, He waited till he turned his head and shot him in the back of the head. Um, Outside of this, you see that Saren is leading this so-called rebellion to get the Prothean beacon. Um, Some things happen, and like you said, it causes Shepard to see a vision which he can't tell what is or what's not. Right. So he goes to Ambassador Udini, which is very Star Wars-ish. We going. We're the jumping back. Ambassador is very passionate. Did you see his? All his speeches were very passionate. Yeah. He's a hothead. <laughs> so this is very Star Wars and Star Trek. You can see like uh, all this stuff kind of scattered. Oh, throughout there's, the there's a lot of politics because humanity is a uh, is the new face on the block, and nobody really listens or respects their their viewpoints on anything. Yeah, it's like you said. They found a humanity found a Prothean beacon on Mars, and that's what uh, caused them to accelerate into space travel and discover these other races. Yep. So they go into the Citadel uh, with Ambassador Udini, who they want to go before the Council to present their findings of Saren and uh, Shepard's vision. The Council was made up of a Tyrian, a Salarian, and an Asari, one of each of the major races. Um, yep. You get additional races in the second game, uh, there's like a vampire-based one that looks like the man-bat from the Spider-Man animated cartoon show. Okay. Um, so, it actually, actually looks like a Morpheus from that. Morpheus. Yeah, that's what, that's what they look like. But that's, that's in the second game. It looks like Lawrence Fishburne. Exactly. Um, <laughs> outside of that, they, they give you a task to... Uh, they don't make you Spectre instantly, right? Do they make you Spectre instantly there? Uh, when you're in the Citadel, you become a Spectre. Spectre's yes. the first one. Okay. Yep. So from that point off, they give you three points of location. One where uh, the Geth was sighted, uh, one where uh, the Matriarch was located, and then one where you are looking for a specialist uh, in Protheans, which is an Asari uh, Liara, uh, her last yep. known location. That's young Liara. And that so mission I, was a lot of fun. It was very straightforward, but it was fun. As this game goes out, it doesn't tell you like where Liara is. It kind of expects you to go to those areas, and you know, and it gives you a location like, all right, this is the Telio system, the Ilio system, and you know, wherever. So it Liara. told me a system, and it told me there were Prothean ruins there. So yeah. I, I figured it out from there. And it was like I said, it was the only place I could land. Like I was reading all the descriptions, but it was the only one that said land. So I was like, all right, let's go there. So as you go into different universes. There's different uh, planets on uh, the planets. When you click on them, they some of them will just give you information, uh, backstory, how many light years it is from the planet, how the ecosystem and the climate is on that planet. You can read that as you may. Sometimes you click on them, they'll give you, um, they'll do an automatic scan and give you resources that is found on that planet. Sometimes. Oh, just by so, clicking on it. Yeah, that's okay. why it checks to click on all of them. Uh, okay. As you go through, there are certain planets in the sol- in the solar system. There's usually at least one in each one one planet that you can land on. Um, I've noticed that in each sto- system. The story-based ones are um, the ones that you'll get out. Uh, the other ones that are the Mako-based ones are instantly you land on that planet in the Mako, which is a vehicle that sucks. Um, <laughs> it's not fun to steer. You can... And it has a little rocket thing. Like, I got stuck on some rocks, and I was pressing every button I could because I'm getting shot by these lasers at the same time. And I pressed A, and it had, like, this little boost thing that moved me over the rocks. It's sad that how I somehow retain a lot of this information from this game, and I can retain no information from anything else. But um, Same. uh, As you 
you land on that planet, you can open up a map. Um, they'll give you points of interest. Uh, those points of interest will either be a story-based side story. That I haven't either, seen the map. I need to look at that. The, that you, like the local map. That you either get from the game. Um, and the side stories in this game are not um, given to you. You have to like explore the Citadel. There'll be one where, oh, I'm... Yeah. A lady at a, at a bar was missing her sister, trying to get her back. And there's another one where, like, oh, there's this. My brother went onto this planet. There's a distress. Uh, I haven't heard from him in so long. And that's how you get these different side beats for different stories on different planets. You'll sometimes get missions for the Alliance. It'll give you to different yeah. planets. And I got a, I got one from a terminal. Like I read some computer terminal, and it's it's trying to get me to investigate something somewhere, and I have no clue where it's at. But I don't I don't know how much of the side stories I'm going to do on this one. I don't know if I'm going to deep dive Mass Effect Uno. There's a there's one side story that's very um and I think it might be the Bring in the Sky one if I remember correctly that's the one where it leads into the second game which is a big okay one. Uh, that's I'll probably sure the to do that. one to do um so outside of that as you go through the map um they'll have the side stories they'll have different resources the resources will just I think give you money um that you can mine and then there's uh beacons ruins like Prothean ruins you'll randomly find that is not part of the story. And sometimes those will give you information to go search another part of the galaxy to continue another side story. Um, as you said before, the gameplay is the most uh, the most RPG is out of all three of them. Um, mm-hmm. It gives you a whole list of skills, uh, one tied to each weapon, some tied to the bi- um, biotics, and biotics are like their version of magic. Um, Can you play without them? Because I yeah. don't really enjoy that kind of stuff. It's fine. I- I've used it. Uh, actually, I gotten used to using that uh, R1 to pull up the menu and then use like overload, o- overload and other stuff on enemies because it does help and you will need it later on depending on how you get on there. It does help. Okay. Uh, it just R1 just is that quick it. wheel, right? Where you can R1 is quick wheel for biotics. L1 is quick wheel for weapon changes. So you can okay. change. So just make sure you you can equip each weapon. Um, you can equip all the all the weapons. You can equip a sniper rifle, a shotgun, a pistol, a a um assault rifle, Augmented, but you yeah. can only map two of them to the touchpad where you can switch into uh, back and forth instantly. Um, you can hold L1 to assign a different one that is not currently equipped in there. Uh, gotcha. In this game, there is no ammo, which will the one thing I miss. In the second game, you have ammo. In this first game, it recharges. You get like a cooldown meter, kind of like yep. Halo Disc, where it I goes love all that. down and you got to go that. down. That's gone in the second game. You have to collect ammo. Uh, so enjoy it. It is more. It is more like um, the second game is more like Gears without the active reload. Um, I'm okay. all going around picking up ammo everywhere. Um, I love. I love knowing that I don't have to worry about ammo. I just watch for the cooldown because I'll be. Yeah. I'll be going off in the sniper rifle and I'm looking down. It's like beep 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 beep. Fuck. <laughs> uh, another thing that you'll enjoy um, that I miss is that they map. Uh, I think for you would be the Y button. For me, it's triangle. Um, uh, the med gels to that button. Yeah. So when I need it, I press it, and there's still an ability to uh, raise the people who have died in your team. That's one of your biotics that you'll need. Uh, I forgot what it's called. It's like team or something like that to bring people back Phoenix, to uh, life. Like a Phoenix Down type thing. Um, that that med gel thing is completely gone in the second game. So I can I'm there's no way for me to heal. So I'm just bringing people back to life as they die. But you die permanently. There's no way you can heal when your life starts going down. You're fucked. So uh, enjoy that while you have it. I do miss that. Um, this is the first time I've gone through the first game, so this is stuff that I knew instantly. I'm like, okay, I know these are different and whatnot. Right. right. This is so, I've ar- these two. so I've already mentioned the charm stuff and everything on there. Um, 
I'm not going to go too much in the story because you're going through it. Uh, the only thing I can add on there is I did re, uh, read two Mass Effect books. Um, they're, both, they're both written by Drew uh, Karpshin, who also wrote uh, this original yep. first two, at least, if I remember correctly. Um, the first one was called Revelation. That is the backstory for uh, Saren. And that also and Anderson. David Anderson as well as Kathleen Sanders. Yep. I read uh, that. I read that when it came out, what, yeah. 13 That's years the, ago, 14 years ago? That's the one where you find out about the indoctrination and what I, you know, Saren's always been indoctrinated, but you know, they yeah. hear there, but they, they talk that about that book was good game. as fuck too. <laughs> yeah. It, the other one, uh, I forgot what the other one was called. I think it was Ascension. If I remember correctly, Ascension uh, revelation, yeah. there's like three, there's it's four Ascension. total, right? It's Ascension. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these are the only ones that I've read personally. And this is the, this one fills the gap between the first and the second game. So. Yeah. Uh, so I'll leave it. I'll leave that at that. I won't go any further with the story because that's where you're at. You're probably yep. about thirty percent your okay. way through the game. I'm making uh, progress. Look at me. It won't take long. I think it took me seventeen hours to beat the game, and I just did maybe half the side missions. I'm, it's, I'm it's five hours game. in, so that yeah, checks it's out. Mm, it's a short game. Um, so I went ahead and I loaded up the second game, uh, imported my character. Um, the story type of story beat. Uh, it's not a I'm not going to, it's not a plot twist or a spoiler, but at the end of the second game, you know, you start out with Shepard dies. Um, and this is their way to kind of reset the game because they kind of changed the play style and they figured, all right, if we kill the Shepard in the, in the story mm-hmm. and then rebuild him, that's a good way to explain like why this game plays so differently than the first game. It's a good story. Um, as you go through it, you'll notice that, as you level up, um, there's no skill-based ties, uh, points tied to any weapons anymore. It's all tied to biotics and in different ammos, like incinerary, cryo ammo. You, you can level those up. Sounds kind uh, of Bioshock-esque, as far mm-hmm. as that goes. This game plays more like a third-person over-the-shoulder. It's close to the gears, probably. This is Unreal Engine. Go on. So, um, do you do, like I said, mentioned before, you have to get ammo. Uh, as you do the story beat, it takes place uh, X amount of time, 20XX or whatever after the first game. I'll leave it at that. You can explore that as you, as you see it as you may. It kind of resets the, the story beat. It kind of continues from the first game with uh, who the major enemy in the first game is. You're kind of still fighting this enemy in the second game. It okay. literally just takes right off. Cool. Um, you can pull some of your characters from your original gameplay. So depending on who you save, uh, one person will definitely come through. They will make a reference to uh, the other two. They're not in this game. You'll get those those other two people back in the third game when it all com- accumulates. Ah. Um, I mentioned this in a text to you. Uh, something happens. You, you meet a man called Elusive Man who works for a, co- a corporation called Service who is trying to find these enemies from the first game. Um, he basically rebuilds Shepard, uh, gives him his dossier, very like a heist. I always tell you he's like a heist. It reminds me of a heist film. Mm-hmm. He gives him a dossier. He said, look at the dossier, build your team. I, I go, on, go and build your team. We need him for the fight. And then you go through these story beats where you're recruiting these people uh, and these situations in different planets. And then each person on this different planet has a caveat. So once you get them on your team and they don't tell Shepard, it's like, yeah, the lucid man promised me that you would do this for me to join my team, so it adds an extra side mission. When you do those side missions, oh. it, it increases your loyalty to that person. So there is a bit, and I played this game before, and the final level, you have to keep everybody alive, which is hard as hell. 
anybody who dies in this final level is permadeath. They're gone, and you can't bring them over to the third game. So you have to be careful. It helps to do the loyalty missions because it gives you a better chance that they'll survive. Oh, shit. So, a lot more weight behind that one. Yeah. Um, so outside of that, uh, don't know how much more I want to go into the second game. Yeah, the Mako's gone. That's a good, um, that's a good overview. I'm, I don't feel like I've had anything ruined for me. I'm very pleased. So outside of that story base, um, I'll, I'll leave it at that. There we go. There, there is a, is more linear. So on the first game where you kind of, kind of explore and make the story your own, there's a main story in the first game that you kind of can follow. And then you mm-hmm. can do these side stories at, at what you want. That's not so much in this game. This one is more like, okay, you're dropped on this major story beat and it has a direction it wants you to follow. And there's some side stuff you can do, but it's, only as they push you forward in this way that's trying to force you to do the story. So, you know, you don't have all these stuff where you meet uh, a random person in this random location who might need help with something, like the right. first game, that leads into something bigger. So yep. most of your side quests tend to deal with made more of the major characters. So that's on there. Um, I do... In my opinion, the first game had a better... Uh, I do enjoy the main story in the first game a lot. It was really good. I enjoy the character development way better in the second game. It's so much better, the character development. Damn, you, you think I it's think good it's, in the first one? I think one? it's great in this one, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. The, the second one is a lot better because you, you get these people who are all unique. They all have quirks, and they're crazy. Like, and they're, they're, I, I still remember them to this day, and I played this game in 2013. Yeah. I go, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember this guy. I remember his quirks. I remember what he did and everything. And so, and then you, you get the reasons good why. Yeah. You get the reasons why they do it and everything, and it's like you want to save these people. So, I mean, that the character development in this game is way better. And also, you'll enjoy the elusive man who is uh, voiced by Martin Sheen. So, Oh, look at that. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave it at that, and hopefully you'll maybe one day get to Mass Effect 2. I'm not going to hold my breath because I, I may die. Oh, dear God. Thank you for your <laughs> uh, vote of confidence there. Hey, we're at, a, we're at an hour and 44 minutes, so. Hey, I finished with awesome. to spare, so. Four minutes to spare. Uh, four minutes back of their day. Yeah, you can have it back. We've taken enough of your time. Anything else? Y'all good? Yeah. That's it. Oh, and uh, one last note. It won't be four minutes. Uh, that Famcon detective on the good Switch. Good stuff. Yep. Is, I haven't played much, but it's very good. It's a, it's a kinetic uh, visual novel. So there's bits where the main character is running away from like the cops. And you see full motion. And it is so done so well for visual novel. It's so oh, done nice. so well. It's nice and smooth. Um, the one note I added on there is I played the first game on there. And it's like, do you want to import your same uh, uh, save from the other game? So it com- turns to come out the second game is actually a prequel. So I'm like, fuck. So I had to quit the first game to go back to the prequel because they wanted me to import my character data. And I was like, I didn't play the prequel. I didn't know this is how it's supposed to be played. So the prequel, which is the second game, and the first game is the first game, which is weird. But Sure. That is sense. kind of an odd choice. Clear as mud. I didn't think it mattered, but apparently when it asked me to import my data from the other game, I was like, well, shit, here we go. It's just I like Temple it. of Doom. Temple of Doom is a prequel, right? Sure. I've missed Short Round. <laughs> Everyone does. Yeah. Cover your heart. <laughs> Andy! <laughs> yeah, that one in the, we're, the, the rap, we're not, what was it, we're not, we're not, was it, we're not, we're not sinking, we're crashing when they're on the raft. <laughs> It's actually it's it's aged better than I thought it did. It's it not is. as bad. It's pretty good. When you yeah. watch when you watch a uh, Crystal Skull, everything ages better. So it is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it put everything in perspective. 
All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. See you. See you later. Jenna. I normally what I do is um I typically throw on Spotify and then when I'm in the Mako that way I can listen to something I like as I drive the Mako that I hate. So counterbalance. <laughs> yeah, it's all perfectly balanced, man. Yin and yang. Yeah. Oh, all all access uh, Xbox is available Brant, if you want to jump. Really? It's at Walmart, the all access plan. Which I probably could have gotten away with, but whatever. Next time, Gadget. Mm-hmm. I think friend of the show, Dale's not too far from doing the same. Y'all ready to rock? Rock. Well, we're already recording, so. Oh. Yup. Oh, no links. Cesar, don't send me any links, Mitchell. I'm not clicking on them. Uh, I didn't send you any links. I have. <laughs> does Does this last through the whole month of May, Cesar? Um, I I can never find any when their sales are over. So, mm. uh, I mean, you literally have what th- thirteen days. So yeah. Brent, I just uh, I just got fifty dollars in cash. Would you like an advance for anime? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just I also found like Elf, the whole series of Elf and Lead on here too, and I've only got that in a um, lower quality digital questionable acquirement format. Yes, so- the best. So, Brent, I'm going to let you know, um, when when I think I hit up Sentai, I, I bought that. I bought Elfin, uh, Elfin Light, and then um, No Game, No Life, I bought the complete collection. I think they had it on something like 25 bucks. It included the series and the movie. Oh. Is that on? <laughs> Son of a bitch. It's on there. Got, it's, it's on there for 25 bucks right now, yeah. All right, now Brent oh. needs the $50 and another advance. <laughs> Put it on his tab. Season one and movie complete. Yep. I, I'm trying to get them to make a second season, so I was like, I'm just going to buy whatever is available. That way they'll be like, oh, they want a second season. Oh, well, that's I, that's I a steel book. Season. No, there's a regular one for 24. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for, because that came up and it was like 99. I'm like, ooh, that's not right. Yeah, they dig those steel books out of the Mount Everest or something like that. They're always like $100. I don't get it. No. Unless I've you never understood it. the steelbook craze. It's just it's like an additional thing. It's never the thing for me. It, it's cool. It's, but if it's free, yes. If it comes free with that game, I'm okay with it. I'm not right. going out my way to buy a steelbook. Nine times or, out of ten it's gonna come in deemed from shipping. Yes. Yeah, yep. <laughs> or if I find a like, you know, Best Buy has been pushing them with a bunch of their pre orders, like I'll just get it when it's like five or six bucks. I bought the Doom and I bought uh whatever the other thing they had on there too. Oh yeah, the Yakuza one. I was like, yeah, four ninety nine. I'll do I that. I got Shinmu and I picked up another one at that time. And I'll get Mass Effect when it goes cheap. I got like eight fucking copies of Shinmu three. So yep, it's my new uh, it's my new thing where every time I was like, oh Shinmu three, oh Shinmu. It's your new Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> it's my new Shinmu for Dreamcast. I got like eight copies of that too. Oh Shinmu, I'll never see this again. 
It's gotten expensive. It was one of the cheaper ones. It was expensive, and then it was super cheap, and then it seems like it's gotten high again. So, retro I don't know. Games, all all retro games are expensive right now. Well, everybody's at home, man. They're playing games. I'm waiting for the when everybody's out on the road again. They're like, I don't need this crap, and it's gonna be a mass exodus on uh, eBay. Could be. So, so this one that you said is 24. It just says complete collection. Yeah, it says no game, no live complete. Uh, Richard, I'm gonna throw this in the chat. Just stay out of the chat. Yeah, I'm don't. not clicking it. I'm not clicking it. I want to see if this is the Bam. same one. There you go. It I says throw it in the chat. It says 24, but. Yeah, this is maybe maybe it's just on, a series. It, Never mind. Sorry. I was about to say I'm looking. It looks like it might just be the series. You're right. Yeah, I think the the one you're talking about, the Steelbook has the the movie included. The Steelbook has the movie. But I think it's separately. The movie is like the series is 24. I think the movie is. This is one. This is the time to buy, man. When they have these bloody sales, and you don't have to you don't have to buy just a second. They always have these sales. The movie's 10.99. So that's oh, not bad. But the still book's on sale for forty one ninety nine, but it's still cheaper to buy everything separately. You yeah. save bucks, so yeah. Don't let us hold uh, hold you up, uh, Richard. You can hit recording anytime. This is always premium stuff. We are five minutes into recording. I'll have to cut this out. Excellent. You should just keep it on here. I'll buy this no game no live zero poster. I always cut out up until I lead in, and then I put it at the end, like I did last week. Well done. As we rambled about something, I'm trying to get a, a Brent on my um, on my level. Funimation's having a crazy sell on anime. Also, I went through and bought a whole bunch for like five dollars on Blu-ray. So, oh no, don't tell me that. Hey, it's, it's always good to look. You don't have to buy; just look and see if there's something you like. So, yeah, Brent just put ten uh, gaming-related T-shirts on eBay to fund his anime expenditures. <laughs> yeah, these 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 are the, these are the times to buy when they have them on sale. Crazy sales. Actually, I spent the past like two minutes trying to come up with a witty uh, June anime type thing for June or July, and I, I'm swinging and missing over here. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll stop and me and Cesar can. Well, I mean, he's already told me go go to Funimation. Go, so yeah, I'll look at him later. Yeah, it's there. It'll be there. Oh. They're not going anywhere. And a modem sale? Uh, no. It doesn't fit. <laughs> You were better off saying Juniper and just tying it to which <laughs> Juniper, Juniper, <laughs> or uh, all your anime is is good at June, your Juness or something like that. I can't. I gotta tie the Persona Four Juness thing in there. I got a copy of Hop uh, of uh, Most Wanted or Hot Pursuit. I will break that in half on on stream if you don't stop. So, oh, which one? What what version? Uh, all of them. Sure, let's go. It depends. It depends on what version it is. No, all, all of them. All, PSP. Every, <laughs> every version, every generation, every version of it. I'm gonna break. Of most wanted, most wanted 2005, most wanted 2012. And then I will proceed to go on Amazon and purchase another copy of Bubsy. <laughs> and then the live stream. Bubsy 3D. <laughs> Please God no. Bubsy, and then I'll, and I'm gonna go reload my limited run page and then buy all the Double Dragons that are coming on Switch. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> I, I saw that come across. I was like, oh, Cesar, he's, yes, I know he's buying day. those. May 28, Double Dragon Day. <laughs> what is it? Dr- double Dragon 4 and uh, Neon, was yeah. it? Yeah. How is it Double Dragon Day? I don't know, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. 
and a soundtrack and <laughs> nobody asked for this. Hey, I don't know. If people were in the in the chat asking for it. <laughs> Did you fucking buy? Did you buy? Uh, it's not available training. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he'll be in there. Oh, he will. I know he's gonna buy that shit. I love me some double dragon. All right, let's get in there. It's eight minutes in. <laughs> 